turn with me in your Bibles, Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24, if you uh, have been with us, 40 days of missional living, uh, we are going Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, looking at each of the accounts of the Great Commission. And we have week one, looked at Matthew. Matthew focuses on the goal of the Great Commission, which is to make disciples. And we looked at that uh, closely uh, during week one. Week two, we moved to Mark and his account of the Great Commission, which is the method and the method is to preach. It's, and and we, we determined that the idea there is not just to preach behind a podium or to preach a, a sermon from a, a platform uh, such as this, but rather it's more, more of the idea of we preach a gospel with, with, with our lives, with, uh, with our testimonies, and it can be conversational, not just um, a public speaking opportunity. And that leads us to today with uh, the gospel according to Luke. And his emphasis, when he shares the Great Commission, his emphasis is going to be on the message itself, which is the gospel, uh, the gospel. Uh, so that's where we're going to be focused today. Uh, each week, uh, we have begun this series uh, of messages with, uh, with a question, and I want to ask you another question. Um, you ever feel overwhelmed? <laughs> you ever feel like, oh my gosh, I can't take any more? Um, you ever feel like... Um, whether it's your, your tank is just just filled to the point of, I can't take any more emotionally, I can't take any more physically, I can't take any more mentally, I'm just, I'm just, I'm overwhelmed. Um, it can be financially, it can be so many different things that we feel overwhelmed to the point of exasperation. What do I do? Where, is there hope? Well, it's interesting, you know, we, 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 many of us grew up listening to the song by Crowded House, Don't, Don't Dream It's Over, and I want you to recognize a couple of things. I should have asked this, did you recognize the song? Uh, but it, <laughs> yeah, Jessica's shaking her head, nope, never heard of it. Um, but uh, it is a great song, by the way, Crowded House, Don't Dream It's Over. Uh, the song is really about hope. That's what the song is about. Uh, the song is about hope in the, in the, in the midst of desperation, uh, when everything seems to go wrong. And let me give you some examples, because the opening lyrics begins, you know, there's freedom within, there's freedom without. And then he says this, this word, and this, is, this, is, this was influential for me this week. Try to catch the deluge in a paper cup. And at first, you know, you're, you're going, what in the world is he, what is he saying there? What does that mean to try to catch the, well, the idea there, deluge, is the flood, you know, a great flood. Have you ever felt like the flood is so overwhelming and, the, and you have limited resources to try to fight against that flood, that there's nothing you can do. It's like it's just coming at you. This flood of problems keeps coming and coming and coming. And as this flood, this deluge is coming, you look and the only thing you've got is a paper cup and you're trying to catch it in a paper cut. You're trying to stop it. It reminds me, Cheryl and I actually went through a flood. We were married for one month and two days. It was June 18th. <laughs> we remember the day well. And we were coming home. We even had the top to our convertible down. We were, we were heading home. It was a beautiful day. And Cheryl said, I think it's going to rain. We need to put the top up and get, get ready. I said, rain? It doesn't look like it's about to rain. I have not questioned her since then on, on whether or not it's going to rain. And uh, so we, 
we, we get back, she was like, look at the leaves. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> I can look at the leaves all day long. That same day, we had over six feet of water in our apartment. Lost everything that we owned. And, but very early, like when the flood first started and the water started coming into our apartment, we tried to catch the deluge with towels. We were just trying to put some towels around the, around the door and keep it from, from coming in. But we were overwhelmed. We were overwhelmed. I mean, what do you do when it just keeps coming and it keeps coming? The idea is that it just conveys this idea. The song is conveying this idea of being overwhelmed and you feel like the only thing that you have is a paper cup. It, it, it goes on. Um, you know, of course, you got the, the, the chorus, hey now, hey now, don't dream it's over. Hey now, hey now. Uh, when the world comes in, they come, they come to build a wall between us. We know they won't win. Here's the, the idea there is he's saying, listen, problems are going to continue to come, but we will be victorious over this. And, and it's a song of hope, but I want you to listen to this next part. This was, this was my favorite, probably my absolute favorite part of the song. It's, it's the second verse, and it begins, now I'm towing my car. There's a hole in the roof. My possessions are causing me suspicion, but there's no proof. Again, very poetic. What does it mean? You know, what's, what's he saying here? He's towing his car. There's a hole in the roof. And he says, my possessions are causing me suspicion, but there's no proof. He seems to be saying this. I feel like the whole world is against me. I feel so overwhelmed that it just seems like everything is going wrong. It's almost as if there's this cosmic attack upon me and there's nothing I can do about it. And he's saying, he says it this way. I look around, my possessions are causing me to be suspicious that there is, the world is out to get me, but I can't prove it. But there's no proof. I can't, I can't say that the world's out to get me. I, I just look around and all the things are broken and my car is broken down. There's a hole in the roof and there's all these things. Do you, you hear the exasperation? He's desperate, right? I mean, that's what, and then you get back to the chorus again. And then there's hope. There's hope. Well, this morning, this morning we're going to be looking at the Great Commission as it's recorded into the gospel according to Luke. And as I said, Luke focuses on the message of the Great Commission, and that message is the hope, the hope that we have in Christ. It's the hope of the gospel. It's a don't give up message. Don't give up. There, you have more you have more resources than just a paper cup. You have something greater. So even when you feel overwhelmed, even when you feel like the world is against you, don't give up. So let's look in Luke chapter 24. We're going to be, begin at verse 44 and read through verse 49. Then Jesus said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses, and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem 
until you are endued with power from on high. So this is an extremely important passage of Scripture. It is extremely important because Jesus tells us how we are to read and understand the Old Testament. We, we, can, we can be very, uh, we can sometimes look at the Old Testament as it's just a, a collection of narratives, uh, some great, great stories, if you will, even, even true stories, but yet, you know, nonetheless, you know, maybe, maybe we can tend to think of them as, as moralistic. I want us to listen again, verse 44. Listen to how Jesus describes the Old Testament. He said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses. What's that? The first five books of the Bible. And the prophets, that's all of the prophets, that's the Old Testament. And then the what? The poetical books, the Psalms concerning who? Jesus. What? Jesus is telling us that he is the central key character, not just of the New Testament, that even the Old Testament, the law of Moses, the prophets, the Psalms, all do what? Point us to Jesus. They've all been pointing us to Jesus. Jesus is the key figure. Jesus then does what? He gives us permission to go back and read the Old Testament in light of Jesus, who Jesus is. We go back and we read it with, uh, as theologian, theologians would say, as a Christological lens. We're to look for him. We're to look for him. And since the message of the Great Commission is the gospel, that is creation, the fall, redemption, restoration, that the gospel message of Jesus, I want us to look at a familiar passage, one that's quite appropriate, that's from the Old Testament that we could say is really a case study of the gospel. It's the gospel message that we know, but it's, it's rooted in the Old Testament, even a familiar narrative. It's found in Genesis chapter 6. In Genesis chapter 6, beginning at verse 5, here's what it says. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of, of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man, whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping things and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now, before we jump too far into this passage, I want to address a phrase. It might be a little bit problematic for us. You know, we're reading this, and here it is. And the Lord was sorry that he made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. You know, you read that, and you're going, wait a second. Can God be regretful? Can God have, uh, I mean, if he's all-knowing, why would he do something and then regret doing it? That just seems strange, right? Well, let me be clear, because divine sorrow, as we see here, is not the same as human regret. There is human regret. We regret doing something, and we would say, if I had it to do over, you know, I would never do that. I wouldn't do that again. Divine sorrow is a different thing. So human regret is usually tied to our past mistakes, right? We regret something. Why? Because we made a mistake. We did something that we shouldn't have done, and we regret it. 
But God doesn't make mistakes. So how could, how could he have divine sorrow? So since God doesn't make mistakes, what is the passage saying? Well, there's two occasions in Scripture where, where the phrase used is God relented or, you know, God, God had a, a, a change of mind, so to speak. And this is one of them. The other relates to King Saul. But in both instances, the passage immediately gives clarity in restating what is meant. In other words, it tells you that the Lord had, these, had this idea of he was sorry that he had made man on the earth. And then immediately following that, it gives clarity to what is meant by that. In other words, it says he was grieved in his heart. So I feel sorrow in my creation is not the same thing as saying if I had it to do over again, I would never do it. It is, I'm grieved that man has become this. I feel sorrow that mankind has become this rebellious. He doesn't regret making man. He has just simply expressing his sorrow in what they have done. So, here in this passage, here's what it does for us. It helps us understand the gospel. It helps us to understand the gospel better. The first theme of the gospel is creation. And the passage reminds us that God created everything. In fact, that's how it begins. That whole passage there in Genesis chapter 6, it's, you know, God looked at his, all of his creation. He looked at everything. Keep in mind, he created everything, and then he made man in his image. So it begins with the narrative of the gospel reminding us that God is the creator of all things and that he was grieved over his creation. And then it moves right into the second theme of the gospel. What's the second theme of the gospel? The fall. What has happened? Mankind has become corrupt. His thoughts are evil continually. He's always thinking up uh, new ways to do evil things. The passage demonstrates how bad the depravity of mankind had become. And it was grieving the very heart of God. Look again, verse 5. So the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Then we see the third theme of the gospel, and it's redemption. And this is where the narrative of Noah and his family come into focus. Look at verse 8. But Noah... But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Do you see the, the gospel narrative? Creation. God created it all. The fall. We mess things up. We, are, we have a depravity of, of mankind. But then we see the grace of God. We begin to see redemption step in. It says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Do you want to find grace in the eyes of the Lord? 